Welcome everybody to Bowery Boogie on Cap with Rebel Mouth. I want to give a special shout out to my friends over at Bowery Boogie. I'd be down with cool. So when they do that, they reach out to Bowery Boogie. I grew up in the Bronx. I came to the States in 1967. Bowery Boogie on Cap with Rebel Mouth. soft intro welcome everybody to bowery boogie uncapped podcast i am rebel knowledge i'm here with my co-host brass and tonight we are interviewing and joined by michael allen welcome guys thank you yo yo, yo thank you <laughs> so mike what have you been up to making it through to 2022 what have you what's been going on Oof. yeah i don't know so much you know we stay so occupied i do a lot of different things try to stay circular you know in this crazy world, you gotta stay, you gotta stay going, you know. Yeah, I see your artwork all over social media and the internet. You're doing interviews. I'm so grateful that you decided to join us because I know we talked about doing an interview for quite some time. Um, so, for everybody listening, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you're you're from Bushwick. If you want to like fill in the pieces there. Yeah, my growing up in New York has been a bit all over the place, you know, like. My mom is from Bushwick, and my dad was from Coney Island. Okay. So, you know, that was pretty diverse. My mom's, like, old school Bushwick, like, a whole family was from there. And then my dad, everyone was from Coney Island. So, you know, it was, like, back and forth. And my aunt was in Fort Greene. She was a nun. And in the, in the Sisters of Mercy, I used to stay there for a while. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I used to draw in the fucking... Oops, I don't know if I can curse, but I used to draw in the <laughs> <laughs> I I spent was... <laughs> in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, church, fuck, you know, everything. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in there, and it's like, as a little kid, you know, I wasn't doing so well, but I was drawing in there. It was kind of weird, weird situation. And bounced all around the boroughs, like to Queens with my grandmother, and then we're in Staten for a bit, kind of, sort of. I wasn't, they were, then I was, it was. And I wasn't, and I was in Manhattan now, you know, just all all those four boroughs, you know, just kind of like gentrification, pushing around and trying to fight for a space, you know, you know, that kind of scenario. So I actually just off a little bit off topic, but I just read a book called The Mercy House, and it's historical fiction about that, um, the, the Mercy House in Brooklyn where the nuns, you know, take in women who you know, need a place to be. And I, I just never heard anybody mention the Mercy House until you. <laughs> yeah, that was really strange for me as a kid. Like, because I, you know, my, my parents didn't really know what to do with me because I was really walling out and it's like just little of my health wasn't so good. So I just, I just stayed there. It's like a weird memory of these really long hallways. And it's like, I think a lot of my drawing started from these really weird lines because everything was super huge to me. And strange, you know, it was right. like there really wasn't anyone else there besides the aunt and the nuns, and it was all bugged out to me, you know. It was just really disorienting, like a cat who was just <laughs> born or something, like looking around and everything. So I, I think that's like inspired me to draw a lot of weird lines and like space and trying to understand stuff because it wasn't like I wasn't like hanging out with nuns, you know. It was kind of isolated. <laughs> and Fort Green back then was crazy, so. My whole experience was bizarre. Yeah. I was like sheltered in this like place. I go out a little bit, but it was strange. It was just it's hard to even really think back on it. Okay. So when when do you pinpoint where you really started doing art and making that your focus? I would say like that was always the strange thing about me is like my that's always been my focus. Like my earliest memories are drawing like constantly. And participating in in all different all the different cultures that we're all part of, you know, just always being involved in art and just constantly doing it. I didn't know, like as a kid, I was an artist. It was definitely different back then. New York is way different now, obviously, yeah, than it was then. But uh, I didn't I didn't say, oh, I'm an artist. It took time for people to point that out. But I was I had so many drawings and paintings. From a little kid, you know, I still have the little kid ones. People still look at them. But I was always making stuff and 
that's how I got known and, you know, being like a little guy, like, oh, he draws, like, do, do this, do that, do, you know. But I was drawing so much that it was bizarre. It wasn't like, oh, after school I drew for half an hour. It was like, it's like I drew for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So I was very well, obsessed. Relate to that. You draw, too. You're both super talented. At what age were you uh, going to with, at the... Uh... With the nuns. Whew. Well, that was like right when I was really little. Like, I was that was like born age, you know. So, but I would go back and forth there too. Like, I would stay there when I was really little. Like three, you know, four, two. Who knows? I really wish I knew because all my family's passed away, unfortunately, except for my mom. And her memory isn't good right now. I take care of her full time, so she doesn't. You know, she doesn't have everything. And very limited information, like just papers and stuff, right. stuff like that, you know, things I can remember, but everyone passed on. It was like everyone got wiped out. It's kind of sad for me, but um, that's not, you know, that's my problem, not the viewer's problem. Um, And I guess, I guess the drawing was my coping device. It still is, you know, so I don't know if that answers that question, but New York was so crazy. Like I, I, I was so happy, so happy I could draw just kind of watching everything, like painting, drawing, whatever you want to call it, scribbling, messing around. I just it does look at some of your artwork. It does sort of look like a scribble. And then if you stare at it, these characters emerge. And it's the craziest thing. It's like an experience looking at your artwork. Word, word. I, I, I see them. For me, they're like journals of New York, you know. Okay. It's like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made... I wouldn't be an artist, I don't think, if I lived, if I grew up in Texas. It was more of like, oh, wow, this city is so crazy. Even the parts that were more dull, you know, it was just everything was a character. Everyone was a character. Everyone is a character. Mm-hmm. And everyone was more of a character then. So for me, it was just seeing everything change. Oh, everything changes in New York. Everything's moving. So a lot of my artwork, you could, I, I try to make it, you know, look like it's moving and spinning. Or, or, or maybe I don't try. It just happens. I'm not quite sure. But... <laughs> You know, that's that to me is a lot of the pieces, like the evolution of the city and, and people and humanity. So, you also evolved into being a work of art yourself, you and your partner, right? Yeah, we started doing that. Um, I I started doing that a while ago when I was in SVA. And Ooh, can we try? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. There, my bad. Oh, sorry. Is that called the living installation, right? Yeah, that eventually evolved in time. I've I've done so many different things. They've all kind of like blurred around. But the living installation took. I've done like versions of the living installation. I guess when I was like younger, and then that transformed into different events to New York. I used to do do stuff at clubs. I owned little. I owned a couple of bars in New York. I, I ran a bunch of different spots. Like I was doing that for a while when I was like 16. I owned this place called Mike Lounge Playhouse. How did you own a bar at six? All right, I know you can't know. even drink legally. That's amazing. <laughs> back Tell then, we, back then it was crazy. It was that's a crazy story, and I wish we had like great videos of that time period. Um, you know, New York was pushing it for the drinking age at different points. You know, I, different things were going on. I co-owned it with this guy Gerald Myers. He was a fireman, dude. I don't know how I got into that. That's strange in itself because I was pretty withdrawn. But he knew that I could bring mad crowds out, and his, his place was failing. He was right by Stapleton Projects. He couldn't get it going. And I just brought through mad people, like three, four hundred, seven hundred. You know, he had like one person in there drinking. And he was, oh, you you could take this over. We'll put a sign up. We'll name it after you. We'll split it. I was like, all right, cool, you know. So that was great, you know. I was like, that's really, really helped me out, you know. I ain't going to front. That was amazing. How did you get 400 people to come to a club? Hustling. Hustling. Drive, motivation, you know. I just had friends in different neighborhoods, and, like, I knew different people. But once I heard, you know, as a kid, I heard you could get paid, like, five, it was like, you know, you get $5 a head. Right. That's all, all I needed to hear. You get five dollars a person, you know. Bring them. I was like, oh, five? Okay, I'm gonna bring three hundred. 
I'm going to bring 700 because <laughs> I was tired of being poor. It was just, I couldn't believe it at 16. You know, I was like, I didn't have no job before that, you know, besides the artwork. So it, to me, it was like, of course I'm going to do this. So I didn't even believe it was real. It didn't even feel like it was real. So, you know, it was pretty wild. It was really wild. Bringing in big groups. You know, I used to bring, I brought a group home out there and Fat Joe and, I can't remember which club was what at this point because I did shows like every week as a little kid, and it was hard for my brain to even adjust to it. But I was running a lot of things as a little little crazy dude, you know. So that was wild. Like it was, it's still wild to me. I need to post up more of those flyers and think about that. But it's just such a long time ago. It's like hard to even put my head on it, you know. Yeah. So, so what year did you start transitioning? to more being an artist. I mean, it's still being an artist, creating, you know, making money, because that's, that's the art, too. Yeah, but. yeah, I understand. Um, I think somewhere when I was very young, I started selling paintings pretty young. I was shocked by it. These different graph heads came through and supported me in my mom's bedroom. I'll never forget it. A couple of these cats from All Star Crew came through. And they spent a lot of money like at that for me being like a little kid. They spent like three, four hundred bucks, and I was like, "Wow, this is," you know. I didn't even expect to sell. I don't remember. Maybe I was. I can't say what I was doing at that time because it's hard to remember. But I remember like this, these these few cats like bought pieces, and I was really encouraged by that. And they really they didn't need to. They could have just said, "Yo, you know, draw on this," or you know, I would have did it anyway. But the fact that they they gave me such props and love. That was a that was a good moment. You know, as a kid selling pieces out your mom's bedroom, like I was like I didn't even expect it. I was ignorant to it, you know. So that was nice. But then what really pushed it after that was the clubs were really getting wild, you know, to say the least. And um Everyone just, you know, I was I was always the dude at the club drawing. Even if I was running it or if I was just hosting it, even if I was just bartending, I was always drawing. If there was an open mic, I was performing in it, but I was still drawing. And everyone would be like, yo, why aren't you just doing art? Like, why are you doing both? And it kept sticking to me. Like, I was like, why is everyone, why is everyone fucking saying this? Like, and why, why am I doing both? You know, like, what does that mean? Why am I doing two things? So... A lot of people used to say it to me, and to the point where it would it would, it would burn into my ear, you know. So then I, I looked into it more. I was like, "Wow, there's like an art." Like I knew there was an art. That, that's what's fucked up about New York. You could be a New Yorker and have no clue there's an art scene, but be a New Yorker. Like that's how that's how messed up New York is. Like that's how that's the part of New York I don't like. Like it's like kind of classism, you know. Like you just don't know. They don't. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you, you all, but like. I just, no one was putting me on to this knowledge. And I'm living in in the boroughs, you know? So, it was like street kids telling me. And then you know, I would see the shows outside. I would pass by the shows, but I didn't get it. I'm like, who are these people in suits looking at me funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like really outsider, you know, street kid. Like, that's, you know, that's what I was. I was like hustling kind of I was boxing at that point, you know, I was like a whole different being, you know, and and then when I heard that this was possible, you know, and I explored it more and, and I saw the snobism to it, it just made me want to flex more and represent something that wasn't being represented. Like in the own city of New York, I didn't feel like there was a New York artist being represented. So, yeah, I was like, I'm an artist. I did not know that. I wish I knew that when I was nine, it would have helped a lot of difficulties in my life growing up here. But, and I figured it out and I went airborne. I went to SVA and that was dope for me. That was really dope. So school visual arts, right? for those who don't know, but that was a time when you could pay for night school and you could pay like $300 for a class or something like that. So that was not a problem for me back then. And, uh, I just got real involved. Like you had keys to the school, you know, you could, you had a studio, you could hang out the window and smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore than that God, but you know, you had the keys to all these silkscreen facilities and running around the city. You, 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 they used to have a book and you could press which model you want. 
it was crazy. Like, you could look through a book and be like, yo, this guy looks crazy. I want to have him in my room spinning around. And, like, they would deliver <laughs> the model to your room. I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so I just took off with it because I was already, like, and I was throwing shows at that time at, like, Palladium and Expo, Remote Lounge. So I was already, like, in the mix doing art shows for other heads. I was running graph shows for a lot of writers. I wasn't taking any money. I was just letting them sell work. And I was just trying to pay back at that period. So then that fluxed in. So, like, kids would come up to me like, yo, you know, you know, stay high. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's in my basement. I know guy. He's sleeping over. That's my dude. So, you know, just one? I'm like, yes. I was just with them 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so it was kind of like, it was tripped out. Because I knew things that they didn't know, but they, like, came all the way here to know. But I knew, but I didn't know. It was like... It was like kind of like now, you know, like what's going on. So it was tripped out for me. It was a tripped out experience, but it was positive. So, so do you think? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> if you had to, because obviously this is audio. If you had to describe your art to somebody, could you uh-huh. do that in your words? I know that's, that's a little hard, but. Nah, I try not to because I like I like people to describe it to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I'm just I'm just like I'm just the the vessel. I always felt that way. You know, I feel like I'm more of like the mach- like the thing being in drove. You know, the machine, and it doesn't so much have to do with me except for what I'm seeing or or feeling and what I'm trying to express. But like, it really has a lot to do with what other people see. I kind of like let people tell me what they see. If they say something I really don't like, I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it's it's kind of like I, I, I like to have a lot of pictures inside pictures inside pictures. That's kind of one of my things I love or or drawings that bend and shift and change so people could find their own place, you know. So I don't know. I really, I really like to keep it. I don't like to really put a definition on it, if that makes sense, because I do so many different types of styles, too. I, I might do the line drawings for a while, and then I might do, like, the watercolor pieces or then something like Gremlin twisted up guys or, or like, abstract paint. You know, I kind of – all of it, though, does have the line in there, you know, but I do try to – I, a lot of I try to stay open. But I, I guess, like, I guess just for people who may not – I mean, I don't really know anybody that's not familiar with your work, but is there an artist that you're often compared to that people might be able to visualize? Uh, I wish it would make things easier in general because um, <laughs> I don't you know I haven't had many shows like that where I'm like like they're like oh this is going to work because a lot of shows it's it's a lot of pop stuff you know and they, things get placed together so I don't really fit in that realm at all uh, or like I don't know unfortunately I don't have the answer for you I'm sure people will be like yo he looks just like Matisse and I'll be like yeah <laughs> You know, I don't know. Like everyone's got their own opinion. I, I, from all this, from all my years in this business, like whatever that means, like, like everyone I work with, like I have no one, you know, to line you up next to on this wall. It make no sense. So, I've always enjoyed that, but it's also like put me out of shows. So you know, that's cool. Well, that makes any sense. Stand out than fit in anyway, but. Definitely. Definitely not fitting in. I have never fit in any like yeah. starting to fit in now as I get older with you know, life, but didn't fit in at all. Alien, you know. So yeah. it's been a it's been a that's what it's been that's the, that's what it's been, you know. But that's what people see though, They're like people who are alien or feel different understand me to some degree. Or I understand them. So if that makes sense. It does. It's like a, it's like it's like looking at a a dec- portrait I feel like is how I, I would describe your work and then you look the longer you stare at it you might see a cat you might see a person you might see a cityscape and it's all these just squiggly lines that come together to form this massive experience like I said before so I enjoy you, it. you nailed it <laughs> oh I'm glad you say that's not it I'm better than- <laughs> you said I'm a tease 
<laughs> but you know, not everyone looks so hard. So people be like, you know, like, oh, you are look, you're Warhol. It's like as far as they from, but like you have to, you know, it's it. All of that's funny. Everything in life is funny. So everyone sees what they see. You know, I look at trees and I see faces. So people might just be like, that's a tree. You need help. That's just a tree. So. <laughs> I just try to have fun. At the end of the day, I, what I've learned with art, like where I'm at now, when you asked you from the beginning, is like I I just have fun with it. I really don't take anything too seriously because it just doesn't feel good, you know. At the same time, I put what I got in, but I just I just learned to be like, ah, eh, you know, let it let it happen, you know, because we're all gonna pass on. So what are you, you gonna stress yourself out and? I just I learned that art can do that and judgment. So mm. in my better last seven years of life, I've learned to just not care, and that's great. That's like the best thing you could do. Or or maybe I'm just regressing, but for me, I love it. I just don't really care, it's and that gives me the freedom to live. You know. Like those living installations, I put like buckets of paint on my head and walk around the city. You know, people probably yeah. think, you know, who knows what they think. I, 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 I'm enjoying them, not knowing. You know, so I'm enjoying just being not caring. Being, you know, that scene with Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. You ever see that movie with when they're in the park in Manhattan and 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 that one's blind, one's deaf, and they they're crazy. Yeah, Is it? yeah, they're crazy. Uh, no. <laughs> I think it's something like that. It doesn't really matter yeah, what the name yeah, is, but yeah, yeah. basically, in short, forgot which one. That's how my brain works. But basically, like an ice cream gets dunked on the head. I think of Gene Wilder, and like, don't you feel better now? Yeah, you know, like because he's like he's all stressed out during the whole movie, and I believe I could be wrong. I'll probably don't don't, don't text message me if I'm wrong because I'm just outside cold. People will be like, Yo, what'd you say on the radio? <laughs> I believe he got an ice cream dunked on his head to relieve his social fears. I found that to be really interesting as a kid. Cool. That really inspired me. All right. That's yeah, pretty off tangent. No. <laughs> so I have this irrational fear of clowns. And a lot of times when you do your living installation and you have like the body paint and the, and the head pieces, some of them me look so much like clowns I have to look away (laughs) I don't know it's just irrational I know but um no 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 that's fair that's fair I've seen these clowns kill people you know in these movies I get it (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a couple of clown movies like I I I, I've seen a couple of my pictures and be like whoa man that's pretty scary it is. It, some of it is is a little alarming, but in a good way. Because if you can evoke an emotion, whether it's fear or happiness, you're still evoking something that's better than nothing. Well, the clown has always been, for me, artists are treated as clowns. You know, we we are we are at times. There's a lot of social situations where artists are used. They're treated badly. I'm sure every artist feels that. I know Van Gogh would be like, "Yo, thank you." Like, you know, so the clown has always been a, like a tap at society. It's like just kind of running with it. So it's been like an innuendo character. Yeah. You know, the situation where you don't get paid or you don't get credited, but it's like literally you're standing there doing it. Like, you know, how the media takes things and they just use them or people use things for their feed. Like, oh, I'm appropriate. This for my birthday. It's like, hey, your birthday is <laughs> Donnie's fucking train. Like, people, that's how it is. Well, like, you know, we do get treated like clowns for people's enjoyment. That's also, we set ourselves up for that. So I kind of make a little play on that with some of these pieces of the clowns, you know. It's part yeah. of it, the art clown. Because you got to laugh, you know. I, I like can't. I'm frozen in fear. <laughs> you could be scared, too. The clowns are bad, you know. <laughs> Anyways. But I... You know, I was always the class clown. I remember throwing the globe out the window directly on the janitor's head. Like he turned, like I literally, the teacher was at, I remember things like, like literally scoring like massive, massive pranks as a kid. You know, getting it down three floors onto his head. Like I've changed. I don't do that anymore, but I used to be really, really into pranks. I used to love pranking people. I love pranking people. Anyway. Do you still prank people? 
Ah, uh, you know, I mean, walking around with a box on your head is a bit of a prank, you know. <laughs> but uh, my pranks have become more, more about like this is this is nice, you know, like this is fun. Like this box on the head represents the situation we're in right now in the world. Like, let's laugh at the world. I'm not trying to prank this person in particular. I'm trying to speak on a bigger situation. So, I'm. I hope that's what it is. But yeah, I still prank, I prank my mom. I call her up and trick my friends all the time. I love that. That's my, I love prank. You know, not I love I love playing pranks on the people I know for sure. Mm. Sure. You gotta stay young, you know. <laughs> so what are you working on right now? Well, I was gonna sit here and draw, and I realized it's completely freezing in the ice. So I'm just working on staying warm. I brought this book out. I was going to draw and talk with you all, but working on right now, uh, I always have a lot of things that are going on at once. You know, I got the line drawings, like I said, and different watercolor pieces with the lines on them, uh, bigger paintings going at the same time, making some music. I'm trying to make a little book. I, I got almost like too much. It's a bit of a problem. It gets a little crazy. So I just... I keep a lot of things going at once. Just and I feel like that's great because it doesn't mess up the pieces. I get to, I let them breathe and then I go back and look at other stuff. So I have like usually like fifteen, twenty things going, and then a bag of like forty other guys going, and I kind of go back and forth. Taking a lot of photos lately, making different costumes. I don't know. Just I really just don't stop making stuff. I just so. I'll- Oh, like when you say make costumes. Oh, no, more like uh, more like my clothing. I just kind of change it up, you know, like jackets and stuff like that, like paint-up suit jackets and uh, different hats and pants, uh, clothes for my lady, like just like spruce them up a bit, masks, different. Like I guess it's like a living installation, but like wearable, you know? Yeah, and you have your mom dressing like you as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she loves that. She's all about the show. See, my, my grandmother used to make her own clothes and my mom, so you know, and my grandmother decorated her whole, whole house with like a sculpture in Flushing, Queens in the, what was that? 60s and 70s? Yeah, it used to get on the news. It was pretty crazy. I had to stay there for a while. I didn't really like staying there. It was kind of strange. The whole house was a sculpture. Like it was, I was in charge of fixing it up all the time. It was pretty, pretty different to say the least. But I guess I get some of that from them. You know, like they were always making things. They, but they didn't. Get, they don't. They, my mom will still say I'm not an artist. Leave me alone. But <laughs> you know, like I'm busy. Leave me alone. But it, I guess I, I like that attitude I've learned from my family, of of just you know we're New Yorkers. We're Stop it. Stop taking it to the next level. I've always tried to take it to the next level, but then I always sit back and think, like, why does it always have to be so much, you know? So I'm kind of in the middle. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Mm, yeah. Maybe. You don't have to. You can stay young. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> so what time do you, you, you do your best start? Do you have, like, a time? like All the time. Oh, oh that's good yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I don't really like find I don't really find like anything isn't I don't know how to say it. I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it to make the people around me happy, you know? Does that make sense? And yeah. then if a piece catches on and like people repost it or it's in a show or someone gets it, that's cool. But if I feel like I'm really changing the language or doing something important, then I'm mad hype. Like because when I'm gone, it doesn't matter like how many prints I sold or any of this human nonsense. It matters if people can look back and be like, yo, that was Michael, Pete, whatever, alien, Mike, whatever you want to call me. Those things are, you know, those things really twisted my head, you know. Those are different. So it's really about the work ethic, you know. So it's all it's like the gym. Like you put a lot of hours in, you know, you might not see no gains, but I'm putting a lot of hours in. I'm just putting a lot of time into the to the backbone, the structure, the work, keeping the muscles going, keeping the mind going. It's it's been a real it's been a real treat for me to be able to, because I like I said from the beginning coming from the background where I was being shuffled around and then stuck in places I didn't want to be, and 
I had no way to understand how you could even get out of them. You know, lost all my good friends. Like, I wouldn't say all because I have a couple of them still around. I don't want them to get mad for the hands. But my closest homies passing on, like, really young. You know, I didn't think it was possible for me to do any of this. You know, in this time period, our friends were dying at 16 and 17 being killed. You know, that's just the truth. I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people could identify with that. Right. You know, that it's really difficult hearing your best friend, you know, fell off the BQE on the way home, and you're the one that was supposed to be in the car, you know, or your friend got thrown off the project's roof into a dumpster, or your other boy got shot in the face by the cops walking home. You know, these were, it was, it was a weird scenario as a kid because I somehow found the best the best buddies to pass on real quick. And I, I, I have other friends from that time period that reached out and, but I think that motivated me, you know, like a lot of that losing my close, close crew, like my original crew. I heard them in my head, like, you better do something, man. Like, you're still here. like you didn't die. Like you, you crazy fucker. Like you better, you better do something dope and shock this planet. So a lot of my drive comes from that. I had a lot of health problems as a kid too. I, I could hear him having an asthma attack right now. But like a lot of my drive comes from health problems as a kid, being born with them, not not grabbing them, you know, but getting other ones as well. But when you have bad health and you have situations in life that you just can't, you feel like you can't wrap your head around. The best thing you could do as a youth is to do to do art or music or fashion, modeling, whatever, you know, because that that'll take you up out of the streets. The streets are always in me, but. You can't be in the street. Well, I'm in the street usually all the time, but like you got your head could be a little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit ahead. Because <laughs> the wisdom from the street and the wisdom of the painter, those two combined is deadly, you know. That's, that's like ODB. You know, <laughs> those those energies combined. I'm telling you, like Ramsey Jones, Cherry Jones, like shout out Russell Jones, like they put me onto a lot of stuff, like. If you have both energies, like no one can, no one can really understand it completely. You know, hey. I'm just mumbling. My, this is stuff that makes sense to me. Please feel free to pause me and stuff. But. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people don't know that. Like people just call me Instagram. Like that's a nice drawing, Matisse, and I'm like, ah. You know, for me, it's been about something else. So it's coming from a different place. I think a lot of our people would get it. You know. A lot of the grass heads would feel it. Yeah. They always yeah. do. They always show me love. You know, they they know I'm coming from a pure intention. I'm not like a cat from the street who then try to paint. You know, I'm like, I'm, I was doing both, you know. That's the other thing. I've always been making art my whole life. It wasn't like, oh, you know, now I'm known, so let me make some paintings. It's like, that. that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm not doing that. It's just pure struggle intention, you know. And um, I don't know. It just comes out. It's just natural now. It's like life. It's been life support. It's life support. I remember a conversation we had several years ago, maybe six, five or six years ago. Um, you were going through some health problems, and uh, you, I asked if I could do anything for you, and you said, "Thank you, but I have my notebook or something like that." <laughs> and I like this guy. The art is going to save his life, and it did. It does. It, it. I just got out of the hospital the other day. I don't know what day it is at this point, but I got to go back for some tests. But it saved my life. I was miserable, but I had all my supplies with me lined up, and I knew all the orderlies and the nurses, and they were like, yo, is you again? You're going to draw. I'm like, yeah. And it just it made it great. You know, and not great. All right, that's an exaggeration, but... <laughs> It made it doable, and then it, it it turned positive. Like I was making friends with the nurses, and they were like, "Yo, I hate it here. Thank you for painting. Like, what's your Instagram? You know?" And like, I was like, "Yeah, that's so bad." But it does save my life. You know, I think a lot of other artists could identify with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I I'm just trying to rep that. You know, like I feel like that would be better than you know uh, a MoMA show if I would go down as like the guy who struggled but maybe help some other people get through it, you know, pay back, pay back somehow in that way by just doing 
people used to be like, you know, why are you posting these pictures of you during the hospital? I'm like, yo, I don't want no money, dude. I'm just trying to show you, like, you can do it. Like, I'm not saying I got to so fucking drop. Go Mr. Cash App. Yeah, it's not a GoFundMe, man. I'm just, I'm just fucking got nothing else to post, dude. I'm in the hospital. I'm drawing. You know, trying to, like, spread some positivity, like, because it's all relative. Everything's relative. Like, the jail's in your mind, you know. If you're going to do time, you're going to be in jail, like, you're going to be in the hospital, whatever it is. You're going to be an anxiety attack. Like, draw it out, you know. Just draw it out. It's not worth it. So, it's a lot of what, it's a lot of what I'm about, you know. I, I don't always succeed. I'm a failed people, you know, failed person, but I try my best, you know. I have to, I have to disagree with that. I don't think that you still being here and still doing the art and loving it as much as you do. Anything that you've done prior to this cannot be called a fail. Oh, that, thank you. I'll take the, I'll take the positive because I got a family to take care of. So, yeah. But I, I, I don't see myself in that light. I see myself more of just a doer, more than a thing. Even though I got to have a stupid name like Michael Allen, like you know, <laughs> I wish it was just like stupid. Box. <laughs> I just don't believe in anything society believes in. I like really just don't believe in it. I see a guy on a bike. I'm like, why isn't that a dinosaur right now? I'm looking at him. <laughs> I don't believe in anything anyone believes in. Like nothing. <laughs> so for me, I like have to adjust and like like do these things that people do. But in my in my happy place in my heart, it's just so far out there, you know. I'm just so far in another place. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the other day, he saw a bear wrestling a reindeer in his yard. Really? No. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a meme or something, right? And it was like a blow-up reindeer, like a Christmas reindeer. So he literally says to me, we're like having a meeting, and he goes, oh, this bear is wrestling a reindeer. And I go, in your front yard? But I believed it and it sounded better than the truth. It's possible. Everything is possible at this at this point at this point in time and it's always been possible, but it's extremely possible right now. On the bike rack across the street is just a bunch of sleeping dogs. Yeah, I just see nine of them lined up right now. I just went down another block. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is what it seems because everything's fabricated, but you know, you have to understand we're all conditioned by the government and and man, you know, blah blah blah. It's not like Wu Tang, but like honestly, you know, we, we everything is conditioned. You gotta have a car, you gotta have a bank account, you gotta pay this bill, you gotta do this, you gotta walk this way, you gotta wear pants. All these <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's so pushed in this like you know, and, and people have certain accents from different areas. Like, it's so, even in New York, like, everything is so bugged out in that way, you know? People follow each other in certain ways, you know, follow each other, but yeah, literally and, like, figuratively. So, I know a lot of my work is about thinking about these things, you know, and trying to express them in paintings and stuff, drawings, but even in writing, you know, I write you know, all these different things in words, whatever it is, but that's a lot of how I see the world. It's It's... I'm not saying it's a bad world. I'm just saying it's good to good to reimagine it, you know, because you don't have to be stuck in the world people want you to do. It definitely makes it more interesting. Way um, more, or else you're just like, oh my god, I gotta be here. Like what? But if you roll up and you're drawing dinosaurs, you know, and you're listening to, you know, whatever in your headphones and you're dancing in the in the lobby, it don't matter. Doesn't matter. You're in your own space. Out the box. Out the box. Out the box. Our next show, which we hope you'll come to, it's on twenty ninth in your old stomping grounds with Bushwick. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's such a weird relationship with Bushwick because we got we had a dope place. I wish we still had Halsey and my mom and just couldn't hold on to it because of you know people want houses and property and apartments. So, funny, I got to post up her, talking about weird, I have her ID, but she got a polio ID in her address on Halsey Street, it's crazy, it's on my refrigerator, let me frame that up, it's probably, they're probably selling those right now or something like that, it's probably an NFT or some stuff. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, 
his famous question. Yeah, I was just about to ask my famous question. Uh, I want you to think of a time when you were younger and an experience you had that you could have been painting or something in the song, a song that you remember of. Oh, uh, wow. You, yeah, right. So how far back is the song? You, and You can go back as far as you want. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me think. Whew. Be careful, because I was in an SNL a lot. It's like I could go back to a minute ago. Um, those parody <laughs> songs are funny. Let me think. I guess that KRS, the the sound of the beat, whoop, whoop, you know that song? Well, like 911 yeah. is a joke, you know, like that one yeah. too. I always got that song in my head because I'm always like dealing with them. But definitely, yeah, I'll, I'll go with 911 is a joke because, whew, yeah, I, I won't get so into the detail, but one time these these, these police officers ran over this elderly dude. And I saw it. I'm just standing there, like, waiting for the bus. And I'm like, yo. And I knew the elderly guy. And I jumped up, and I got in the mix. He was all right. But they had no lights on. Mm-hmm. And I stepped up to the occasion. Everyone else was like, oh. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And it was me. I cops. They trying to cover it up in a minute. It was like 80 cops. Like, it was, you know, like a bad, bad Sopranos episode. And I'm standing there like, oh, God. So they're like, I don't know what they have. They have all these, what's good? have all these people there trying to like cover it up and uh they you know they they I get a chance to speak but I was drawing too so I was the count I was at the bus stop drawing but I saw this and I got to speak up and I was like yo that's just a lie like you didn't have your light on you went right through <laughs> right through the thing and you ran over the elderly dude like he's like 90 years old like like just deal with it and this lady cop wanted to fuck me up she would come running at me like She's going to punch me in the face full on. And like all these dudes like, oh, bro, what are you going to do, bro? I just stood there. I was like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if this guy got help or not, but I'll never forget that. And I remember hearing my head, Flavor Flavor, at my back. Like, I was just me and Flavor Flavor. Because it was just, it was bullshit. It was complete bullshit. And they hated me after that. They saw me. They used to see me around. And they hated me because I snitch. I I, snitch. I would call it snitching. I, I I'm not a fan. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I I'm not a fan. And it is what it is. The guy, they, they basically almost killed this man, elderly man, in front of me, and they're trying to get people to lie. So that and but you know there was no cameras back then. This is like in '97. But I I got that story. I gotta write that one down. That's it. That was a. That's a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> but that, you know, people don't know that those things go on too. Like there's oh, yeah. crime, there's things on that level that get dismissed. And if those four people aren't there advocating, you know, just didn't happen, you know. I'll never forget I had that. my run with those guys too when I was younger too. And notice how unjust they used to be too. Still can be. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I don't want to say too much and get, get yeah. you know, shot up tomorrow because yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does happen. <laughs> People think that's not real, but like, sure. But you have to be careful. You gotta, you gotta always stick up for people in the street too. You know, like stick up for people getting messed up by whoever. Always, you know, stand up for strangers, man. People, children, ladies, dinosaurs. Like we gotta. You know, <laughs> everyone, we got to do the right thing in life because no one's perfect. You know, people make mistakes and, and we got to say, we got to do what we could do, you know. Exactly. That was a good question, though. I got to I gotta think of more of those. <laughs> yeah, we're going base. episodes and that's everyone's favorite question. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Why didn't I think that? Yeah, I hope you guys can hear me all well because I'm like outside here and nosing. Hope it sounds all right. How's the weather out there? Maybe like three, two degrees or something. I mean, it's fine for me. I don't. I like cold. I don't find it cold, but I guess it's my hands are cold at this point. Been out here for a bit, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm usually. Yeah, I don't. Everyone's I like, it's so cold. I'm like, what? Like, it's not that cold. I think everybody's becoming pussies now. You know, remember? I remember winter when it was fucking snowstorms constantly. You know. Yeah, every day it was like Warmer. those huge blizzards. Yeah, like, yeah, it's definitely not cold out yet. Uh, it's only cold because I didn't bring gloves, you know, and I'm drawing outside. So. 
my hands are cold. Everything I'm fine. It's not. It actually my body's hot, but it's just that my hands make my breathing funny. But besides that, yeah, who needs to breathe? You're fine. Uh, <laughs> but it has been really warm. Everything's been. It's a little alarming, you know. Yeah. Maybe you set off a chain reaction when you threw that globe out the window. Oh, I'll never forget that. I can't believe this guy's name was Ed. My friends will remember. My friends, they'll be like, Ed something or other. He was not so friendly. And I found an entrance point when he, when the teacher turned around to write on the blackboard, I grabbed the globe and I saw him right below. And I just dropped it. Boof. And they called the whole school. And they're like, who dropped the globe? <laughs> Everyone's going to be suspended. I'm like, oh, it's me, motherfucker. <laughs> or me, who else do you think it was? I threw the dicks all over the desk yesterday. It's obviously me. <laughs> but the globe wasn't going to kill the guy, just for the record. It was, it was, it was, you know, funny. But this, you're like a little kid, you know. Why, why do they even have globes next to the window, you know? I, I just got a little kitten today. I'm not going to put a globe next to the kitten. But see that, you know, this kind of comedy... And silliness isn't isn't necessarily the thing that's in right now in the future 2022. But this is this is the things in life that made me laugh. But you could rebel and be fun. I go on your Instagram and see a globe in some capacity. I gotta do that. I, I'll lose like 100 followers. I'll be like, that was violent, you little bastard. <laughs> you know, but no, I I I I think I'm trying. I try to mix like I I care I care about humanity and life, you know. But I, I try to make people laugh, you know, or at least myself, because it's I life is very hard. Life is extremely hard for everyone, even the janitor. I feel, sorry about that janitor guy. But <laughs> I wanted to be a comedian at one point too, so a lot of my art was funny for a while. I was like, oh, but be I did so many things as a kid. Because once I realized that you could do anything, like you weren't a prisoner, you know, of your circumstances. I tried it. I was DJing for a while. I was making music. I was freestyling. I was selling CDs. Bartending, like I said, I tried so many different things. I, I was like, I want to be a comedian. I want to try this out. This seems like the best job possible. <laughs> and, I, and then I said, yeah, I want to make some of my art funny, you know. I think that's the hardest thing, to make some art funny. Not that I do that, but. <laughs> that is that is that is a goal to make some more comedic pieces. Well, we're here for it. <laughs> I think comedy is great. Comedy is the great the greatest gift. I try to make people laugh online or they come through. I don't always succeed, you know, everyone has their bad days. But that's a that's a goal. Or at least have people question things, you know. Question things that do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we wrap up? Um <clears throat> excuse me. If I shout out one individual, then another individual I'm sure you hear this every week, right? You're like, oh, what are you gonna do what the other guy did? You know someone's gonna be like, You're not in my crew anymore, dude. Um or like, How could you? That's your ex girlfriend. Um so I'm not doing that. No offense. Right. I can't remember. I can't remember. All the people, I probably say the names wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I would shout out the people who passed on, you know, and I would shout out everybody. You know what? Shout out my friends that have passed on because that is, that is something we all got going on. Everyone's got friends that are passing on. That is difficult for the people around. And that is just, we all have to find a way to make peace with that, you know. And everyone that is going through that that feels that it's horrible. It is. It's very hard. And you're survivors, you know, like it's not easy. So I want to shout out all the people. I mean, so many nice people out there, like online and on Facebook and, and Instagram and all these platforms, like all these comments and stuff. I'm like shocked. I'm like, wow, people are nice to me. Like I shout all you out. And the people that leave the dumb comments, no shout out. It's fine. Like you just helping out, but like I'm just making a joke of it. But everyone, this is so many people that really care. You find out like some people are just so damn nice. Some people are just so damn nice. I've been reaching that plateau of meeting random nice people. I appreciate that. I really, it makes everything better. Um, 
It's really interesting because we're living in the cell phone world. We're living in the cell phone world. Everyone's in the cell phone generation and looking down at their phone while they walk. We make fun of that, but you never know what nice message they're posting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say that. That's, That's hysterical. Fair. That's fair. There you go. That's my joke. That's right. my next post. You never see. You could diss them, but they might be donating to a charity while they're walking. <laughs> they might be never saving know. a tree. You might Never think, know. oh, they're doing a selfie. What if the selfie is about saving Starbucks? I mean, no, I'm serious, but, like, not that serious, but not that part. But in general, I mean it. Like, they're on their phone, but maybe they're connecting, you know? So we got to use the technology for that and this platform you nicely put me on. Like, all that, I'm all for that positive. Positivity shows strength, you know? It definitely does. It's not easy to be positive. It's not easy to laugh, so. You gotta fight for it, and and that's what I'm about. I, I, shout out to all the people that are doing that, and shout out to those who, who aren't. You need to get there, or you won't. And and that's what it's all about for me. That's where I'm at. That's where I gotta be at, or else my heart won't keep ticking. You know. Yeah, I hear that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's yeah, thanks for having me. Right. Thanks for having me. Really nice to have me on here. And, you know, and shout out to the graph scene. Oh, the graph culture, without a doubt. It's been a big part of my life. Yeah, I love all you. See you on the 29th. <laughs> I'm going to try to come through. I'm going to try to come through. All the graph heads, all the OGs, you know, all the real heads. Everyone, man. Just shout out. Love. Peace. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to me mumble. You know, I'm I'm glad we did this. Have yeah. a great night. So much. You Good too. Night, man. Nice talking to you. Peace. Peace. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Bowery Living on Cap with Rebel Now. I want to give a special shout out to my friends over at Bowery Living. I'd be down with cool. So when they do that, they reach out to Bowery Bushy. I grew up in the Bronx. I came to the States in 1967.